0: corner pattern near side. Kelsey reaches up and makes the grab. Touchdown! Kansas City! Mark Holmes to Kelsey for the second time. And sweet nectar taste by the Chiefs on a 16-yard pass, overcoming the holding penalty. Allen retreats. Here comes Chris Jones, but he floats a pass over the middle. It's going to be intercepted! Dirty Dan Sorensen with the pick! A one-handed grab and the eighth pick of Dirty Dan's career. Murray under center here on the 29. Third down and 4 They're Gonna hand it off to Kenyon Drake up the middle. First down, and he's going to have maybe a touchdown. He's at the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown. Kenyon Drake, well over 100 yards with that one. Icing on the cake.
1: Here's highlights from the two Monday night, Monday afternoon football games. First, the Chiefs beating the Bills. Buffalo after the 4-0 start. Now back-to-back losses, just a game in front of Miami and the AFC East. And Kansas City back on track. Dirty Dan with the one-handed pick to seal the deal, PK, in the 26-17 win. That
2: was a nice pick, but, uh, I mean, they floated. the Josh Allen floated the pass. Big time. It wasn't like it was a bullet that he had to spear with one hand, but what the heck.
1: It looked like the defensive behind, back behind him might have just caught it like a center fielder or, you know, catching a punt or something. That ball was destined to be picked
2: miserable. There. It was fate. I mean, yeah. And preordained, really, when you think about it. I never understood destiny or preordination. I know you guys go on that heavy. I don't understand the difference, but I agree with you.
1: Yach is just snickering. That's about a 7 out of 10. It's not a full 10. It's early. Exactly. You're warming up. You don't want to pull something. I mean, the Eagles don't come out and play Hotel California the first tune, do they? Cardinals, 38-10 to 10 over the Cowboys. The Cowboys historically horrendous defense has now given up more points in six games than any team since the 1970 merger and there have been a couple of 0-16 teams since the merger but their defenses weren't as bad as the Cowboys who I have to say got some help or not help from Ezekiel Elliott fumbling twice early in that game
2: well Ezekiel Elliott Elliott came out and said this one's on me I apologize because it reminded me a lot of the Packer game with uh, Tampa Bay on Sunday. A couple of turnovers really changed the course of the game. Now, the Packers had scored. The uh, Cowboys hadn't, obviously. And so, uh, you know, I don't think that the Cardinal offense is explosive. They've got some explosive players. But allowing those two turnovers made a huge, huge difference, gave them the momentum that they needed. Uh, Murray, getting an opportunity to watch him, I'm not really sold on him yet as a big-time quarterback. And I don't think I should be because he really hasn't played that much. You know, really, basically one season in college. And then this is his second.
1: It is his second season in the pros. And it's going a little better, uh, but we have to see some more winning before you can really believe in him because that's ultimately what quarterbacks are judged on. Tell me about your wins and losses, then tell me about your playoff wins after you conquer the regular season, and then tell me about your Super Bowl. So he's early in the process, but they're off to a 4-2 start, and it's not his fault that they had short fields and cashed in on him.
2: Okay. (laughs) I mean, it's – no, it's – I don't uh, – Certainly not his fault if that's the uh, qualifications we're using. But I think he has a long way to go to be a big time quarterback. I enjoy watching him run. He reminds me of those sandpipers at the beach. When <laughs> the waves start to really decline, this recede, and their feet are just moving like a thousand miles per hour per minute. I mean, his feet are incredible. I mean, any any short situation, short yardage situation, just have him run around the end because boy, can he really move.
1: I love the fact that he avoids the big hit. He is not, he's he, uh, he'll roll out, run for a first down. But actually, both of the winning quarterbacks yesterday were really good at it. Run, don't take the hit, get out of bounds, get to the end zone, but hurt the other team with your running ability. Sandpiper, that's a good call right there. I like that. Titans are getting fined for, uh, after a review of how they handle a COVID 19 outbreak. No individual is going to be disciplined. Apparently, there were some workouts away from the facility. Not sure I understand that, but okay. And uh, some well, people not wearing masks, whatever, so
2: write a check. I'll t- that's not going to happen with a Kamala Biden ticket, I'll tell you that right now. Niners are putting Raheem that's Mostert, my, Mostert thanks, on. the. You, wait, 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 wait. What? You missed my Troy Aikman impression. Oh, nice. I did
1: miss it. I did miss it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> on the flyover, right? There's our tax dollars yeah. at work.
2: That won't be happening with Harrison <laughs> uh, Kamala. I mean, he's 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 like Donovan Mitchell. It's a first name basis. Good point.
1: Moser short-term injury reserve. That's a three-week deal. He's got a. You're gonna love this, PK. A high ankle sprain.
2: Yeah, high ankle sprains. And you know what else is getting under my skin? It's never. The throw over the front shoulder, it's always a back shoulder throw. (laughs) Why don't they tell us when it's a front shoulder throw?
1: Because most of it. Like Christian
2: Kirk with that uh, 80-yarder. That was a front shoulder throw, (laughs) but yet they never say (laughs) it.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, they should say that. You're right. Get right on that. (laughs) Oh, front shoulder throw.
2: But they never do. Nope. And it's the same thing. If it's a mid ankle or low ankle, you never hear about it. But it's a high ankle, you always hear about it. Is it. Why are we neglecting the mid to lower? And also, too, how come people don't go away to the low Uentas? It's always the high Uentas. Suppose they don't want to go that far, and they stop earlier, and they're in the low Uentas. You never hear about that.
1: Would that be Heber City? Them's called the Foothills. Where do the Low Uintas start? I don't really even know. Probably Heber, yeah. Heber? Wherever you want them to. That's the great thing about living up here. You could go golf in the Low Uintas. You have golfed in the Low Uintas. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Going in this week, um, everyone's back. We just have to see. if I think they'll be questionable, those guys, and we'll see if they can play this, this Saturday. But we plan on them, you know, getting on the field. We haven't made a decision yet that they're out for Texas State game. We also have a good number of guys coming back. We'll see Tristan Hodge on the field today. We'll have Keanu Saliaponga who practiced last week, be more involved and be ready to go. Sean so if now still getting ready, and I think he'll be, he's more ready now than than before. So probably leaving some people out, but Kairos will be back. And so... I think uh, we'll be in a really good spot right now starting practice today. Kalani Satake, the Cougars, getting healthy, with the possible exception of James Empey, Gunnar Romney. Maybe they'll get a week off, maybe they won't. We'll have to see how that plays out. It doesn't sound like they're going to need everybody against Texas State, PK, but it'll be good to get some of these guys back, especially uh, the guys who haven't played in a while. Get a couple games under their belt, because obviously everybody's circling the Boise State game now.
2: Uh, I'd keep them out until the Boise State game. The guys that they need to get back are veterans, and so if they don't play until then, I don't think it's going to matter much because they'll have a week of practice leading up to the game. If anybody's even close to being injured, I would keep them out, particularly if they're key.
1: The Big Ten is kicking off this weekend, and Adrian Martinez, the junior, has beaten out the redshirt freshman Luke McCaffrey to be Nebraska's quarterback. So he can take the beating from Ohio State. Ohio State, a 20 20- Six-point favorite Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Wake up for your Big Ten football. I will. And Penn State is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite over Indiana, and they're going to have to do it without their running back, Journey Brown. He could miss the season due to a medical condition that was discovered during the offseason. He led them with 890 yards rushing and 12 touchdowns a year ago. So hit for the light, for the Penn State and Nittany Lions who are considered to be the big challenger to Ohio State. Maybe Michigan, too. And a trend that uh, seems to be accelerating. Memphis star wide receiver Damani Coxie has opted out of the rest of the season and will begin training for the NFL. Didn't even make it to Halloween, PK. Used to be just opt out of the bowl. Now opting out of six weeks of football. Well, maybe eight.
2: Uh, That's his money, and if he thinks that's the best way to achieve it, I'm all for it.
0: DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA.
1: The match made for TV Golf will return next month. Phil Mickelson teaming with Charles Barkley against Steph Curry and Peyton Manning. Okay, Barkley's clearly funny, but he is the weak link by a mile in that one.
0: Phil so said we may need to establish a handicap.
1: Yeah, that might be, a, might be a good plan there for uh, Phil. Stone Canyon Golf Club in Arizona, November 27th, will be televised at 1 o'clock on TNT the day after Thanksgiving. Usually I'm watching a lot of college football the day after Thanksgiving. But TNT will have this. Where's Stone Canyon, PK? Is that one in a new uh, fancy club. it's clubs? down in
2: Oro Valley, which is uh, in the Tucson area. Oro, of course, uh, gold and Spanish. Uh so if you're, say you're at the U of A, it would be just a little bit uh, 20 miles or so north, uh, east. It's a beautiful area up against a little mountain range. Uh, a lot of expensive homes and, and golf courses. So, and obviously Barkley and Phil have strong Arizona connections. So something for fun. I mean, what yeah. the heck.
1: Yeah, TNT probably would have just been showing a movie anyway. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag Major League Baseball. Last year, we kind of realized that we could
1: compete with really anyone here. So I don't know if there's like any intimidation or anything like that. I think we all understand how good we are as a team. I think stepping outside of it, knowing that like they all do have high payrolls and we have like the lowest is pretty outstanding. I just say in terms of like just numbers in general, just like how good the front office has done and what the organization has done to put this team together is pretty amazing. But as far as competition goes, I don't really think payroll is like too much of something that players think about. For me anyway, I just think it's kind of like you see who's out there, who's, on, who's in the lineup, and you attack them accordingly. Tyler Glasnow on the Rays being 28th in Major League Baseball payroll. Uh, he's going to be on the mound to face Clayton Kershaw in the opener. A game tonight in Arlington, Texas. The Rays mastering the art of doing it without the $30 million player, PK. Other teams spent a little bit of money but the Rays, they figured it out. Oakland does it, but they haven't figured out the playoff part of the puzzle.
2: Well, yeah, everybody has their uh, restrictions and limitations and all that, and so you've got there's really no excuse. You've got to work within those if you want to win. If you, you know, if you want to use it as an excuse, it's there for you. But if you want to overcome it, it's also a possibility too. I mean, they've got young guys in the lineup. This uh, Rosarina kid has come out of nowhere yeah. and looking like the biggest basher ever. And he's a 25-year-old rookie, I believe. And then and then they got the pitching and, they, and timely hitting, man. We've said it a million times. And so far, they've had excellent timely hitting. You know, that's for sure. The Dodgers got it in Game 7. So it sets up to be something that, that should be fun. And I, li- I like the idea of it being... A, in an area where you don't have to worry about the weather and it's not going to be guys where you just see their eyes because they've got uh, ski ski masks on on. because it's so freaking cold and all that stuff it's not meant to play that way that's not the way the game was intended obviously you know we all romanticize whether it's spring training or the green grass and the sunshine and all that stuff well i get it for tv purposes you're not going to get much of the sunshine uh, they have to do that to maximize the money, and so so be it. But at least don't have it to where, you know, it's 42 degrees with drizzly rain and all that stuff.
1: Doesn't need to look like a Bills football game is what you're saying. That part of the country yeah, gets that was this, gross. Yeah, that was. That was nasty. That's the kind of weather they get this time of year, though. So, But they're going to be in Texas, and it ought to be drier and it ought to be warmer, and they're in Globe Life Park in Arlington. And that starts tonight. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Dylan Cauley coming up at 8 o'clock. Former BYU wide receiver. Dennis Dodd, National College football writer for CBSports.com. at 930. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: Let's go! The Big Show. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott.
1: All right, Gordon, I'm going to bring back an old bit, but I think it's fun. The confidence o meter, zero to one thousand. What is your confidence this will be Zach Wilson's final season at BYU? I put it at about nine hundred. Wow. Okay. Strong by Gordon. He's on a bunch of draft boards. I've seen him as high as the second best quarterback out there, which seems
0: extraordinarily high. But that's the kind of attention he's getting. There are some caveats there. Uh, one is if he stays healthy, that could play a role. If he keeps playing like he is right now, I don't see any reason for him to come back. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: DJ and PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks. Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions. Backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. PK, have you spotted hypocrisy in the world? Uh, To an extent. I mean, I
2: think it's a bigger issue.
1: Last year, Paul Feinbaum stated, quote, nobody wants to see Utah, close quote, in the playoff. And as of this week, he ranks BYU as the fourth team in this year's playoff. What gives? It's drawn quite a little bit of reaction. BYU fans are uh, motivated right now. Fired up and ready to go. Daniel says BYU has a contract with ESPN, so I guess they have to save face a bit. Well, doesn't the Pac-12 have a contract with ESPN?
2: Well, they don't have the individual one. Obviously, they they have a conference one, but yeah, they have a conference one with uh, several. Uh, BYU has the individual, so it's a you would assume it's a more intense relationship individually with BYU than it is with Utah, because Utah's one of 10. But, yeah. 12. Yeah. How much is uh, the bomber, Paul Feinbaum, is he uh, an ESPN employee?
1: Uh, he I, Have they brought his whole show in-house now? They televise no, it. I don't know if he's on ESPN I radio.
2: I, I never listen
1: to it. Or if that's no a clue. separate deal. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Brian says, that's hilarious. PK has a better chance of becoming president at BYU than that has of happening.
2: Hey, that's, uh, that's not going to happen with a Jimmy Mack and PK ticket at BYU. I'll tell you that right now.
1: Jason says, he was right last year. Utah embarrassed itself when they actually faced a challenging opponent.
2: Uh, two different topics there
1: people are lining up with gifts. Brooks, I'm praying on BYU's downfall. i will just keep it moving. Jeez. All right, two different topics because, I mean, Texas, you could argue, is different, but Oregon, how would you explain that one away?
2: Well, because at the time the bomber made that statement, they hadn't lost to uh, Oregon, and he was making that statement
1: Assuming based they would win. on
2: uh, national recognition and popularity and television appeal and all those types of things. That's where he was going with that. This uh, thing here, that the last statement you just read, was based on the quality of Utah's team. Now it would end up that as far as national contention playoff, I think you'd have to argue that they were frauds. And I wrote that and took a lot of heat about that. Uh, But nevertheless, that's the way it ended up. I had some guy uh, tweet at me, or yeah, I think it was it. If they made the playoff, he was going to remind me of it every day the following year. Well, let me tell you, buddy, I'm reminding you every day the rest of this year that they didn't. How about that? Ha-ha! No, just kidding. I wanted them to make it, obviously.
1: All right, Yak has dug up a little audio to refresh your memory. Yak, you want to play him?
2: Because let's be honest. The country does not want to see Utah in the college football playoff. I'm sorry. I mean, it's Utah. And, Jay, this is not easy. Notre Dame would have been in there, but they had a sloppy performance. So I'm going with BYU. They may not get back into the number four position, but a huge win against Houston Friday night.
0: So the Cougars have looked really good. Now, do they have the schedule? That's a big question mark.
1: So he points out the schedule, and I think he was alluding the first half that uh, when the uh, rest of the league start playing, his top four will change.
2: Mm, yeah, but he mentioned Notre Dame, and he did. The, they got Clemson, so because they're playing an ACC schedule this year, so you can they're they're not going to get in. The ACC is not going to get two. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that right now. Right now. That's not going to happen with the Kamala Biden ticket. Come on, Troy. <laughs>
1: Ohio State will get in, though. Or whoever beats Ohio State, if, if Penn State or Michigan wins the Big Ten title.
2: Uh, I think they'd have to go undefeated, so I don't know that.
1: Derek says only half the teams of the country playing so far. That's what gives the, uh, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the Mountain West. When they're back, BYU will be ir- irrelevant.
2: Okay, but uh, at the time Utah was playing along with everybody else, and and why would he make that statement a year ago that a one-loss team in the Pac-12 that uh, was looking pretty good at the time nobody would want to see them?
1: I think that would be an Oklahoma thing. I think that last year Oklahoma as a one-loss team was the team he wanted to see in the playoff, uh, and now. The Big 12 beating itself up and uh, lots of two-loss teams in the Big 12, including Oklahoma. Oklahoma State is undefeated, uh, but he may not want to see Oklahoma State either. I don't know.
2: Why does he want to see BYU? Why wouldn't that be the same logic? It doesn't matter who's playing and who hasn't played. That That's irrelevant right now. That Sure, most likely the Cougars aren't going to finish in there, but that who cares about that? Because when Feinbaum made that statement, the season wasn't done. It wasn't close to being done.
1: Aaron says the reason he says it is because he recognizes BYU's awesomeness. I think Aaron's just trying to tweak some Ute fans. Jack says he just wants the noise so he receives more people, more traffic to his shows, his podcast, and his social media accounts. He says Paul's sucking up, basically. The way this year has gone, we've seen two teams separate. Have you seen any teams go with them that you feel really confident about? but you're doing these lists and you got to put two other teams out there without without the Big 10 playing cuz i get ohio state will be the default third team once they start playing and they're 26 point favorites over nebraska They smoke Nebraska this weekend, assuming they follow through and actually get it done. They'll go in the mix. And the Pac-12 hasn't played, and the Big 12 has uh, not distinguished itself, not even a little bit so far. They've just been a mess. Got a bunch of teams losing to Sunbelt schools. Louisiana just dominating Iowa State. And now Iowa State standing on top of the conference standings. There's a shortage of teams to list, and BYU's timing has been perfect. The only team playing in the West. Jay Drew alluded to this. We just, uh, if you were listening 45 minutes ago, you heard it. That the timing has been excellent. The only team playing in the West. You got these late night games. You're the only game on. You had the you had the Labor Day game against Navy, and you just absolutely smoked them. And meanwhile, Iowa State's three and zero in the Big Twelve after losing to Louisiana, and Kansas State's 3-0 and after losing to Arkansas State. I don't, I don't think people know who to put up there at the top of the list. Last okay. year, Feinbaum knew he wanted to put Oklahoma up there because they're a brand name and Utah's not. So that's why you get the dismissive. Utah, let's be honest. So is BYU a brand name? Not versus a one-loss Oklahoma team, but they don't have to compete with the one-loss Oklahoma team this year. This year then, they have to, they have to compete with the teams they have to compete with. This year, yes, they are a brand name
2: over Utah. Are they bigger Well, it's brand apples and oranges because they're not com- <laughs>
1: they're not competing with Utah. So what, what they are, what they are, is not competing with <laughs> Oklahoma. That's are why- they a
2: bigger brand name than
1: Utah. Uh, yes. If you say if you go brand name, yes, in the history of college football. They go on their broadcast, and they start rolling out, you know, the Ty Detmer video, a Heisman Trophy winner in a national championship the first undefeated team since 84. We all know all the storylines are going to roll out. All the All-America quarterbacks. So, yes, when you add all that in. you fans, I'll save you, I'll save you the, uh, the energy. Yes, over the last decade, the Utes have had way more success.
2: I think in order to raise Utah's profile... We need to get Jake Bentley driving down to work with John Beck.
1: That would be a good idea right there. You're Salt Lake. It's 11 hours. Marketing guru. Right. And just have him do it
2: twice a week. Nice. Show more dedication. (laughs)
0: Leave on a Monday, come back on a Wednesday, go down on Thursday, come back Saturday.
2: Let's come back, check in. How's it going, Kyle? Everything okay, Andy? Okay. Yeah,
1: good. All right. I'm out of here. Back to Newport Beach, <laughs> and the grind of Newport Beach. <laughs> oh man, I—you know—you would talk about Newport Beach all the time, PK. And and honestly, even though I grew up in Southern California and went to school down there, I never went to Newport Beach. Why would you? Right, I, I'm living in Santa Barbara. And I got family in San Diego, and my grandparents lived in Coronado for a long time. If I was going to the beach, I was going to Coronado. I've been to that beach a million times. Right. And then, uh, let's see, was it uh, three years ago, I think? Three years ago, uh, friends of ours, the uh, the guy went to Alta, the son went to uh, Alta. Uh, and he took a job with Microsoft, and so he had to move to New York City for the job. And... He's there, and he meets the one, and they get married, and she's from Orange County, and so they had the wedding in Newport, <laughs> and I was down there thinking of you making Newport jokes all the time, but I got to tell you, they had like, a, you know, people were coming in from all over the place, and so on Friday, had, they had this reception on the beach, and it's the Lord d'oeuvres, and people standing around talking, and the sun was going down, and it was Awesome. It was seventy-two degrees, no, no breeze. People are in shorts and bare feet, standing in the sand. People are seeing each other, haven't seen each other in however long. It was spectacular, awesome sunset, no fog. So that's feel? why people go to Newport all the time. Now I'm in, I get it. Did you – did any feelings of uh, romantic feelings from, from your perspective? Pretty sure I'd tell you all about that right now, PK. <laughs> <laughs> the way you described it. It was, it, was, it was awesome. It was Chamber of Commerce type stuff. So. Yeah? It was funny. One of the, uh, the, uh, the, um, the groom's father, uh, who I know quite well, uh, one of his college buddies – uh, settled in Santa Barbara and had actually watched me on TV years earlier. So there we were talking about the Gauchos. A small world. All right, that's the glamour of Newport. We digress. Uh, we got more people weighing in here on why this is Utah and BYU. Why did Paul Feinbaum give BYU a big hug after just shoving Utah away and dismissing them? Josh says national brand versus regional brand. And Jeff says BYU has a longer history and more tradition. Is that it? It's just easier? The name just rolls off the tongue because of stuff that happened 30 years ago?
2: No. I think the bigger issue here is the bomber doesn't really appreciate or respect the Pac 12. And unless, and it's not, it's not a slight against Utah because it just as easily could have been Arizona State, uh, Cal. Uh, Oregon State, Washington State, maybe even Washington. I think that the bigger issue here is there's a complete and total dismissal of the Pac 12 outside of anybody not named SC in Oregon, and that's a bigger issue because I think that when in the Pac, uh, the Big 10 uh, 12 comes along, or the Big 10 for that matter, even if it's not the ultimate brand name, which in the Big 10 obviously is Ohio State. And in the 12, you can go Oklahoma and Texas. Well, if Oklahoma State should go undefeated this year, even if Texas and Oklahoma are down, which it looks like with Oklahoma, they are Texas. Are they down, uh, down to Earl Campbell, maybe, but down to what they've been the last several years I, remains to be seen. It doesn't matter that they're going to get in, whether it's Oklahoma State or Baylor or TCU. It doesn't matter and it's the same thing in the, in the Big Ten, whether it's Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Nebraska, if uh, Scott Frost should get them back close to where they were under Osborne in those glory years and all that stuff, those guys will be in Or on the Pac-12 unless it's Oregon SC. Let's be honest. Nobody wants to see, and in this case, it happened to be the Utes, so fill in the blank and crack on the Utes, but it could have been any number. It could have been literally any number of 10 other schools even Stanford, well, the even
1: Stanford, after yep. multiple conference titles, he would have I blown them so. off. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. The only thing I'd argue with you there is that uh, you were saying, uh, so were you saying Baylor and TCU would be in or they would be out? Because they, they were out once upon a time with a loss.
2: Right, but I'm talking about undefeated. I'm talking about undefeated if they go undefeated, they're in. And maybe the one loss thing, once upon a time, Sure, but once you get the one loss thing, and I'm talking about undefeated this year, not necessarily not undefeated in regular uh, twelve game seasons. I'm talking about undefeated this season because there's a lot of discussion on if the Pac-12 gets an undefeated team, would they still even get in? So I'm referring the undefeated portion to this season, whereas I believe undefeated in any of the other power conferences gets you in. There's no discussion, even if you're TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma State. You follow me?
1: Yeah. You see the difference there? Yeah, which, of course, uh, is all hypothetical because they're already beaten this year. But Oklahoma State's well, not the Oklahoma one. State. Oh, not Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's the one at three and zero. Right,
2: but I'm but, saying it is. But the Pac-12 say, but, yeah.
1: between only playing seven games, not ten, and the fact that, which I guess in the case of the Big Twelve with the championship game would be eleven, um, and the fact that they're carrying this baggage from the previous years of you're the Pac-12, you suck.
2: <laughs> so, I think that's the bigger issue right yeah. there. Yeah. So
1: they're they're running around with that baggage. They got that piano on their back. And they've only got seven games to prove themselves and no non-conference games. So, you know, it's not like Washington's going to beat Michigan or Oregon's going to beat Ohio State. Those games all went away.
2: No, it's not. But history would show, historically, it's much tougher to go undefeated in the Pac-12 than it is in the other conferences. As I think I looked it up uh, last year when LSU was doing it, there had been like eight times in recent years, that the uh, SEC has had an undefeated team, and in the nine years in the Pac-12, it literally hasn't been won. Well, then you'll write that off, oh, that's because it's a bunch of crappy teams beating on crappy teams. It's just the point is that no matter what the Pac-12 does, it's not going to be good enough.
1: Well, I think uh, along the lines of hypocrisy that we are – not guaranteed, but probably going to get to enjoy this year is there'll be an argument about a one-loss SEC team uh, versus an undefeated Pac-12 team, and the Pac-12 set up the crossover game, so there's a decent chance that there's somebody will make it through the Pac-12 seven and O this year, you know, and you know if if there's two six and O teams. Well, you're never gonna get the two nine and teams, right? It, it's more games, there's more wear and tear. Uh, it was game eight when Oregon stumbled a year ago, right? Wasn't it game eight?
2: It was the next to last conference game, correct?
1: Right. And so they're literally not having to go that deep and you ah, oh, they only played seven games, which is gonna be rich coming from the conference, that only plays eight when the others are playing nine. And it's always the conference that plays nine games that gets left out. The Big 12's been left out playing 9. The Pac-12's been left out playing 9. The Big 10 didn't get left out when they were playing 8. But once they played 9, they started getting left out. But this year, the SEC, man, the shoe's going to be on the other foot. And if it comes down, if it comes down to it, you know you're going to hear, we played 10 conference games. That's much harder.
2: <laughs> the, the, the SEC doesn't have to do that, though. They if you don't, get a second
1: team in, they may have to. They won't have to, to get the first team in. But if there's an argument for the second, I mean, you and I both think Bama's, well, we're not alone. You and I and a gazillion college football fans watch that Georgia game and think, Oh, Bama's going undefeated.
2: Uh, Probably, yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, we'll have have to see how it plays out. Sure. I mean, they may have a flat week, a down week, and have three turnovers and get beat, but it doesn't look like it right now.
2: Yeah, it doesn't look like Auburn is all that. I haven't looked at their schedule. I'm assuming they're playing Auburn. Mm -hmm. They... Yep. Obviously, yep. with the, with the uh, rivalry there. Uh, so and that, that could be a tough game. It remains to be seen. Uh, but, yeah, I, I question whether a team in the Pac-12 can go undefeated based on uh, SC seems to stumble once or twice when they shouldn't. Uh, Oregon's got a brand new quarterback, lost some guys that have opted out. And uh, I just wonder, well, if if, yeah. if they're capable of doing that.
1: That's if the uh, if the Pac-12 can't produce an undefeated champion, then given the piano on their back of their recent history, the fact they're playing seven games and your champion to be six and one, you're not you're not getting it. I mean, the SEC is going to win the argument and get a second team in, and maybe Oklahoma State can run the table. I don't think they can, but maybe they can. So you can leave that out there. Um, you know, I think that's the other thing, in the, to go back to the original roots of this and Feinbaum treating Utah and BYU differently. Utah was carrying a loss, and BYU is undefeated. BYU gets a loss, he's going to dismiss them in a heartbeat.
2: Uh, sure, but at the same time, is a loss to SC in Los Angeles just as good or better than an undefeated BYU team this season? Um, with the schedule they've
1: had, that's a nuance that nobody on the other side of the Mississippi River is going to bother with.
2: So, if like they're just barely on the west of the Mississippi, they'll they'll be uh, in it you know Maybe
1: yes, someone in Oklahoma <laughs> might bother with it. Someone in Kansas <laughs> might bother with it. Even in Louisiana, no, they will not bother with it. Yeah, that and
2: I, it bothered me to hear the Bomber just dismiss Utah like that. Oh this, yeah. is, this isn't a pop. It shouldn't be a popularity contest. And yet. Because if that's the case, then put Notre Dame in there every year because Notre Dame. No popular. <laughs> no. Well, it is the most popular team in this country. And I think that if you put NFL up against Notre Dame in terms of popularity, Notre Dame would beat most of the NFL teams. I really believe that if you're just going popularity and that's what bothers me. It shouldn't be that way. And that comment, that reek of a beauty contest where we have judges involved. And I don't like sports that have judges involved. I know you can't say it because you gotta, you got to have your popularity. But I don't like it. I want it to be decided out on the field, out on the court, that type of thing. Not some judge sitting behind a, a table.
1: So when it goes to a 6 or 18 playoff, are they going to get rid of the judges? Yes. Because the judges to an are really frustrating. It's really frustrating. I don't know that they are. I oh, mean, I are. hope that, you know, if there's an 18 playoff and five conference champs are in, uh, that's a big step forward. But I don't know that they're going to let the five conference champs in. They may just want to take the eight highest teams, and a conference champion may get passed over a lot of years.
2: Okay, well, at the same time, because you used the word may, that implies may not, too. Well,
1: sure. I don't know how they're going to do it going forward. I'm, I'm sure they're going to expand the playoff. I'm not even sure if they're going to go to six or go to eight. And if they go to six, I'll be surprised if they let the five conference champs in. I think if they go to six, they're just going to gonna pick six teams. If they go to eight, then I think they might let the five conference champs in. Well,
2: there's no point in going to six. Why leave money out on the table? That doesn't make any sense
1: right but it didn't make sense only having the two for a while and it didn't make sense for, i mean um,
2: yeah but they got to play the game the well, student athlete i know yes.
1: but that may be what they do going but to the once sixth. they
2: start paying them, the student athlete stuff is out the freaking window so who yeah. cares
1: well and already we're seeing it with guys opting out like hey i know the nfl money is out there i know where i'm gonna get drafted ballpark i'm gone i mean we just had it in the last segment Memphis is losing a guy, right? And good for them. Go make your money, man. Oh, yeah. That's what you, don't what you don't want to see him get hurt and then not get to cash in. A college degree matters for me and you, but not for all these dudes who are going to the NFL. Who can sign multimillion-dollar deals? Yes. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Because I, I did say this to somebody once, and it would have been for you, too. There was an argument going on. I'm like, so I I get a call at uh, KCSB, was the UCSB radio station. So I get a call at KCSB from NBC, and I'm going to turn them down. I'm going to call my dad. I said, yeah, NBC just called. Offered me three years and five million, but I turned them down. (laughs) My dad dad just passes out, (laughs) hits his head on the floor. What would you do that for?
2: (laughs) Your mom, if she was drinking something, might have spilled it on her dress. Yeah. The pearls. But fortunately, she has the apron on, so that would, depending on where it went on the dress, that would take care of it.
1: You've been watching Leave It to Beaver again? What's going on?
2: I've been watching your family home movies. Your brother is sending me some.
1: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, joins us coming up at 8 o'clock. Stay with us.
0: Now let's get this party started. Uh This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. This story is crazy about becoming an ultimate Aggie, which apparently is getting up on that bull naked. What bull is it? Is it the one that's by the Estes Center? Isn't that bull like bucking? I'm just wondering how five nude men could fit on that. It's a big bowl. Five nude men could fit on uh, that? Five smaller men, yeah, probably <laughs> could make that work. There you go. That's the size of the thing right there. Okay, it's not bucking. You could probably fit upwards of 10 naked men on there. So in order for you to be the ultimate Aggie, you have to be naked? Yes. I did not know that this was a thing. See, I would think if you were going to be an ultimate Aggie, that it needs to be solo. Because these five were not solo. And that's where a lot of guys up at Utah say, like, hey, Maybe we <laughs> dial that down a little bit. Easy. One ultimate Aggie at a time. Pants and Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 975, 1280 the Zone, and the Zone Sports Network.
1: DJ and BK reminding you to join the big show Friday from 2 to 7 at the warehouse 86 East University Parkway in Orm. Prices so low it'll blow your mind. Boom. Nice. Well done. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Didn't see that coming, did you, Yak I did not. Gotta be ready for anything. That's pretty good, though. Keep the weight back. Keep the hands back. Then you can hit the change. Can't be lunging at the fastball all the time, PK. Uh, No,
2: that's the essence of uh, pitching. It's to keep them off balance. And the essence of hitting is to be
1: on balance. Question of the morning. Last year, Paul Feinbaum stated nobody wants to see Utah in the playoff. And as of this week, he ranks BYU as the fourth team in this year's playoff. What gives... As much as I'd like to make fun of Paul Feinbaum and crush him, it is apples and oranges. Last year, everybody was playing, and Utah and Oklahoma were both one-loss teams, and he was lobbying for Oklahoma. This year, everybody isn't playing, and BYU's undefeated. And I expect that at some point in this season, he's going to be very dismissive of BYU. And even if BYU is 10-0... I think he will be dismissive of them. If they're nine and one, then it's guaranteed.
2: Okay, suppose they had gone uh, through the schedule with one loss—the original schedule that they had—and
1: it—that's a much better question. I bet
2: you he dismisses them too. And that—that's what sucks. See, I think that the, I love college football, and uh, you know, I used to love it way more than the NFL. Uh, but since, uh, interestingly enough, since we've had the fourteen playoff, it's like I like college football until we get to the fourteen playoff <laughs> because it's the same freaking teams all the time, and they don't really have a shot. And at least in the NFL, it has a shot. You you never know. I mean, somebody can rise up. We've seen it. We've seen a bunch of average teams get hot, and maybe it's not the greatest thing. But I like the idea of teams having a shot, and it's not like. At the time he dismissed Utah, they were an average team. When you're sending this many guys to the NFL, you're not an average team. I know that they sucked against Oregon. That's inexplicable. I got plenty of reasons why they sucked against Texas. Uh, And who cares about these bowl games unless it's a really big game? It just doesn't matter to me anymore. Uh, If you win, great. But if you lose, I don't see that it really puts a blemish on your season. The fact is, you know, they were uh, they had a what a ten and two season last year. They sent a slew of guys. to No, NFL.
1: they were they were eleven and one, and so they finished eleven and three.
2: Well, yeah, I meant, I'm not, I'm not counting the bowl game, but I, okay, so I eleven and them, two. I shorted them one 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 way, right? Yeah, uh, because of the conference thing. So I understand all that, and to me, I would want to see that the the. the College football now has basically become the NBA in the playoff.
1: We're waiting for a couple of teams. We can narrow it down to two or three.
2: Yeah, and we don't necessarily know which of those two or three, in the case of college football, four. And so you could have – I'm still going to watch because you could have good games – but as far as the teams getting there, we know who they are. It's the same thing with the NBA Finals and maybe even Conference Finals. We don't necessarily know who's going to win, but we know who's going to get there in October in a normal year.
1: Yep, LeBron holding up the trophy again. Hardly a shock.
2: Right. Right.
1: And, and we're already penciling Alabama and Clemson. Now, Bama did miss last year. Shocking. I know, right? (laughs) But but before that, they'd had quite the run.
2: Yeah, and they missed, and their quarterback got hurt.
1: But they've been in five straight playoffs. Yeah. And Clemson right now is uh, what have they been in? They've been in, well, they've been in five straight, they missed the first one. But right. uh, they've, they've been in five years in a row, and Alabama's been in five out of six.
2: Right. So if you spend money and put slides in, in the locker room and spare no expense, you too can get in. And in the NBA, if you happen to be in a glamour location and Anthony Davis winds his way out, just totally disrespects a city, a franchise,
1: a contract, fan
2: base, a contract, contract Sure. <laughs> show up on the last day, that's, uh, that's all, folks. Why don't you just have a thing that just gives you the middle finger and get it over with?
1: Oklahoma's been to three in a row and four out of five. Now it does look like they missed this year because they've already got two losses.
2: Yeah, they're out. And they didn't get a grad transfer. They've had to start a first-year quarterback. And he's thrown a couple of interceptions in key moments, and they don't ever play defense anyway.
1: So, so the wild card, the one that gets mixed up every year when you're already penciling in Oklahoma, Clemson, and Alabama, is uh, long shots like uh, one year it's Ohio State, one year it's Notre Dame, one year it's Georgia.
2: You're telling, Yeah, Ohio State's a long shot.
1: Right, I know. right? <laughs> With their
2: $100 million budget, they're a long shot. That's, that's outrageous to say.
1: What we did see is since the Big Ten went to nine... They have now been left out two years out of three. So play more conference games, get yourself left out. That's what happens. The year Oklahoma didn't make it, the Big 12 didn't make it. Nobody else has a chance. That goes to your point that it's Utah, but it could have been anybody. I mean, he said, yeah, nobody wants to see Utah, but he could have been saying nobody wants to see fill in the blank. 10 of the 12 teams in the league. Right. Oregon and USC have the pedigree. And that bothers me. Yeah. And it's the same thing in the Big 12. They want to see Oklahoma, but who else from that conference has made it? When Baylor and TCU went 11 and 1, they both got left out.
2: Well, when you go 11 and 1, though, other things have to happen.
1: Yeah, but they always do happen. I mean, Clemson has gotten in with a loss. Oklahoma's gotten in with a loss.
2: Well, it depends on the loss too. If you're Clemson and, and get beat 54 to 10 by fill in the blank, I don't think you're going.
1: They lost they lost to Pittsburgh at home and they got in. Yeah, I remember the game. Yeah. It was close. It was right. a one-point that, game. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and you know, and and I get your point. And I agree with you that TCU and Baylor, one loss, have a much more of an uphill struggle than Clemson with one loss. I understand that completely. But I think they have less of a struggle than Utah with one loss.
1: All right, DJ and PK, the Cougars are 5-0. Five down, five to go, unless the schedule changes, which it may well. <laughs> what are the odds the schedule changes? Should handicap that. And it could change in either direction. A game canceled, you know, there's a bunch of positive tests or whatever, so somebody can't play, right? And it could be BYU, but it could be the opponent. Either one it could do a game. And then on the other hand, you got Tom Homo could add a game, and it could be an 11-game schedule.
2: I think that when you look at uh, San Diego State, if that game is canceled, I think everybody's out of luck. But if the Boise is canceled or postponed, there's obviously other opportunities maybe that they could work around. the They they would need cooperation from the Mountain West, certainly. But the point being is BYU has dates available. Now you need to have the other guy have dates available too.
1: All right, DJ and PK, Dylan Colley is coming up next. Stay with us.